Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get the lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. But I'm going to tell you this we ain't done yet. Howdy and welcome back to the Ineligibles Podcast. I am Will Stone. He is Chase Caldwell. I'm Chase Caldwell. <laughs> I was waiting on you to, to, to change your video. <laughs> um, we're back. It's been a it's been a minute. Um, I'm sure you guys have missed us. We've missed y'all. Um, just been been a little bit busy with uh, uh, vacations and uh, COVID and. Uh, just your normal summer stuff. So, yeah, um, it's, it's good I, to be back. I, I had COVID for the third time. Um, so I'm, I'm a veteran at this point. I, uh, you know, it, it was nothing this time around. It was yeah. only like two or three days, but, um, yeah, been, been busy vacationing it a little bit. I went down to Fredericksburg. And um, got to see great, my family down place. there. Uh, highly recommended. Highly recommended. Not right now. Not when it's 117 degrees all over the state <laughs> of Texas. Because yeah, if there's one thing about the hill country is it gets hotter than everywhere else. Yeah. Um, hey, we got Hayden watching live. Hey, Hayden, welcome, welcome. Um, yeah. So lot, lots, lots been going on over the past past few weeks of course we're in the the height of sec media days so that's the topic of conversation but um with all the realignment craziness that um have gone on since the last time we recorded of course that's something that we got to talk about too so um yeah i mean the 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 stuff with realignment like that's going to change you know the entire future of of the sport that we talk about on this podcast. So yeah, well, I mean, it uh, already has. I mean, it already has going yeah. back at this point. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, we're definitely going to spend the majority of our time there. But um, I guess here at the beginning, um, you know, SEC Media Days wrapped up today. Uh, Jimbo spoke today. He was the, the last coach to go. Um, I was able to catch it live. Uh, I was, you know, I was going over some uh, notes with Chase before we before we hopped on, but. Um, pretty, pretty standard stuff. Um, didn't give too much away. Obviously asked about the quarterbacks, uh, said, you know, it's good to have three guys, which, uh, you know, they mentioned that they needed three last year with, uh, uh, when Haynes went down and, and Calzada, he said he had to pop his shoulder back into place, uh, whenever we played Auburn <laughs> and yeah. you know, uh, it's just, a, a, an incredible toughness, uh, right there. But, um, the only two things that really stood out were uh, his confidence in the offensive line, which um, I tend to agree with him there. Uh, also, I think he may have let it slip that that Moko is going to be the starting left guard. I mean, it's going to be a competition, but um, I don't think he meant to to say Moko's name, and he let it slip a little bit. So, <laughs> um, and I think you know most importantly is you know he feels as good right now about the program and, and the place that it's in and, and where it's going uh then he has the entire time that he's been here so um i tend to agree with that as well and we talked about that on our on our last show about the the uh, state of the program um i mean you really do have depth you know at, at, at every spot there's competition with uh elite athletes at every spot and uh that's that's a coach's dream yeah it is uh, i think we're um we have every right to be excited with the talent that we have, the depth that we have everywhere. Um, just got to see it on the field. You know, we, yeah. we need to need to turn that corner. Um, I'm confident that, that this is a year that we can do that, you know, but um, it's, it's making me get more and more excited for football season. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, it's six weeks from, from Saturday is, uh, is AM's first game and there's games before that. So we're going to have college football, uh, here pretty quickly. Um, I think even 
the first NFL preseason game is in like two weeks, I think. Something like that, the Hall of Fame game. So uh, football will be on your television uh, in, in short order. And that's short order. That's, that's all we can, can hope for at this point. <laughs> but, yeah. um, one thing I, I noticed, I, I didn't listen to like, I, I didn't listen to hardly any of the coaches. You know, I got some of the highlights through Twitter and, and other sources throughout the week, but it seems like this is kind of a, a, a doubt A&M year. Like there's certain years where A&M is kind of hyped up a little bit and, and is favored, somewhat and other years people are like, well i just don't see it like you know uh and, and kind of uh and kind of down us a bit which we talked last night chase i think i think i prefer it that way yeah i i don't know if doubt's the right word um it's more of like dog on a&m um I, the i think i think everybody always doubts a&m to be quite yeah, that's frank true. And, yeah. and there's a lot of times like this time of year where there's more doubt out there about our team and the, the excitement that you get is really from just Aggies. Um, and, and I would say that we probably have some blissful ignorance um, more times than not, at, at least looking into history. Um, of course, this year's different, but uh, it, it's this year. It's everything is, is really, um, more than I can remember in years past where it's really it's negative press. Like they're, they're really, you know, you think about all the stuff with NIL NIL primarily is what we're talking about. Um, but you know, we, we signed the best class in history and we had a little 15 minutes of fame after that, where everybody's talking about us doing that. And then, of course, it evolved into the monster of, um, you know, the 30, 30 million dollars, thirty million dollars, sliced bread, you know, all that kind of stuff. That um, I don't know. It just to me, it seems a little bit unwarranted. But there again, I mean, it it goes to show that there's a lot of frustration in college football surrounding NIL and we're one of the beneficiaries of NIL and that's why we're um, that's why we feel that way. Cause I mean, they're, they're probably saying it about other teams too. And we just don't notice it because it's not our team. So we're not paying as much attention to it, but right. um, it just, it does seem just overall, just narrowing it down to the sec. I'm not talking about overall college football. I'm just narrowing it down to the sec. I don't know of another team that they're really dogging on as much as they are. A&M <laughs> like like yeah. South Carolina and Shane Beamer like they've just really been you know hyping him up and and all of that which which I'm for I mean he he seems like a, a good guy good coach and um you know n- not putting that down but you look at him and he's having fun and then you look at at A&M and it's all about Jimbo and Saban you know yeah and uh I feel like I feel like Jimbo fielded more of that than Saban did but um well, and like like SEC Media Days is it's usually in Birmingham, and, and thank God it was at least in Atlanta this year. But you know, still a very heavy uh, Alabama presence um, with mm-hmm. Alabama, you know, media uh, people. Um, but the first two questions were from Alabama journalists, and one of the guys was like, he asked Jimbo, he said, "Do you feel like you owe Nick Saban an apology?" And I just shook my head. I'm like, "Come on, guys! Like this this whole spat was like you know two months ago, and yeah, it was intense, and it was you know." fiery at that point but um both of them seem to be over it and uh they both said that said that this week that you know it's in the past and uh still respect each other and all that kind of stuff so um i don't know but uh you know as far as a team that's getting a lot of hype i know you brought up south carolina um Mm -hmm. everyone seems to still be all in on arkansas and i i kind of get it you know like they had a really good year last year. Um, they did beat A and M. You know, so props to them for that. Um, they did lose a lot, but I think I think the way these things work every every year is if your quarterback is coming back, you're going to get the, if if you have a good quarterback coming back, you're probably going to get the benefit of the doubt more so than a team like A and M. Even though we have a lot more talent, um, we haven't seen like we still don't know who the starter is going to be for one. And if it's King, mm-hmm. we've barely seen him. If it's Connor, we've never seen him. Um, so I think, you know, 
and plus you combine that with a disappointing record last season, um, it just doesn't uh, set you up well for for what they call talking season in in in, in the summer yeah. months. <clears throat> well, it's it's I don't know. We we've been there, done that with the whole you know quarterback competition piece, and I, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure media personnel get tired of doing that because they, they do it with at least half the teams every single year, you know, um, we've given them a silver, put it on a silver platter of here's something different that you can talk about because our coach held a press conference to chew out another coach. Um, so, so he said he he ought to be slapped. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, that being said, I, I do like dislike, pointed questions and and even even whether it's even when people make pointed questions in favor of a&m i just hate hate them in general because it's like i don't know it's dumb yeah um i I mentioned i mentioned this when we were talking but somebody asked saban if he turned off the rain because it stopped raining right as he got on stage, like, yeah. you know, insinuating that he's God and that he can control the weather. Yeah. And that just, it's, it's odd. Like, I, well, there's, I, a, there's another one that we, we talked about on the phone last night that we won't talk about here because we don't want to uh, put any media personalities on blast. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> I will say, but. I will say probably I, I, just to, just to make mention of it. One of the cooler things that I, um, I witnessed, I watched, I watched, uh, Mike Leach cause anytime he's on the microphone, I'm going to watch it. Oh yeah. Um, you have to. But, but Kirk Bowles from, um, the Austin American Statesman, he, uh, I like that guy a lot. He's he's a Longhorn guy, beat writer, and uh, I follow him on Twitter. Like he's just he's just a a, a good reporter. One one that I really enjoy um, following his stuff. And uh, he was there, and he asked um, he asked Leach about uh, you know something about what what he thought about. Texas and OU coming into the the program and stuff. But what was neat to me um, was he he gets up there, hey Kirk Bowles, Austin American Statesman, and and Leach was like, hey, good to see you again. You know, like <laughs> you, you could tell that Le- Leach truly remembered him from his oh, time yeah. at Texas Tech, which oh, yeah. which I think is is neat. You know, because there is there is that play where where those it's the same. 10 people in in the room at, uh, at all the press conferences yeah. but to have like you know that'd be like if if you know Saban or somebody went to another conference for 10 years and then came back and Billy Lucci stands up and hey Billy Lucci texags.com and, and hey how are you I haven't seen you in a long time good to see you again you know so um that was kind of neat uh, to yeah. see that but um Leech, Leech. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if he's as funny as I think he is, but but anything he says, I just I find it hilarious, you know. Um, but he's just uh, his his mannerisms and the way he goes about addressing things is always just so funny. No, he's he's such a he's such a funny guy. Um, I, I can't wait for for Oklahoma to have to play in Starkville when he's the head coach. <laughs> 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 or even Texas, like, <laughs> we're like, damn it, we've already been through this before. <laughs> um, but uh, I guess the, the last, the last little comment I'll make on uh, on media days. I mean, per usual, nothing groundbreaking coming out of meeting day, uh, coming out of media days. Um, it's all pretty, pretty standard stuff. A lot of coach speak, but um, one thing that that Saban mentioned was a. Uh, uh, two of the starting uh, corners, uh, two starting cornerbacks at Alabama, um, have been hurt all summer. Haven't participated in any, uh, you know, weightlifting or training or stuff like that. Um, and their uh, like their status is kind of you know uh, to be determined for uh, the season. Like I'm sure they'll play, but you know uh, maybe still nursing some injuries. Um, that's one thing that we you know we don't really take for granted, but 
it's it's always it's it's impossible to predict. You don't know who's going to get hurt, but like um, that seems significant to me. Like, and it's Alabama. They probably got. I mean, of the two guys hurt, you know, they still have Elias Ricks healthy, who's you know probably a first round pick at corner. Um, mm-hmm. They're still going to be fine, but from a depth standpoint, that kind of hurt them last season uh, at the end of the year when they had some injuries. Um, and from an A and M standpoint, last summer, um, you know. A lot of the things we were talking about was, well, if Luke Matthews is healthy, then that, you know, helps our outlook. If Baylor Cup is healthy, you know, if uh, Caleb Chapman and Demas are healthy and none of those guys really were like Demas, you know, out of that group played the most, but um, he was banged up all of fall camp. You know, Miles Jones played one play and basically missed the entire season. So um, I feel pretty good about where AM is at right now in terms of, you know, in terms of injuries. And, you know, I'm going to knock on some wood right here. But um, you know, I hope, hope that's, that that uh, stays the same way through fall camp. But um, I don't know. It's just uh, just something that that was on my mind after listening to Saban. Yeah, um, injuries can decimate decimate a team very quickly. Even Alabama, you know, they're they're not immune to that. Um, no matter how good they are, they they can still it can still have a pretty significant impact on their team. Um, I would I would even argue to say if you look at the talent of our team last year and how how much we did have the injury bug hit us enough that it did impact our our season quite a bit. Oh, um, absolutely. With with Bama, is it going to make them go six and six? No, but it it may be the the catalyst to have them drop a game a game or two because they're dealing with um, injuries. That, needed positions um obviously corner is is a very needed position um in today's sec so um i don't know i mean i I don't ever hope for any anybody to get hurt by any means and i know that's not what you meant but um yeah i mean it it could it could be a significant thing it could be something that is the defining line between you know, the straw that broke the camel's back, I guess you could say yeah. on, uh, whether, whether they win all their games or drop one or two. Yeah. So well, that's why depth is so important. Like, you know, if, yeah, if the starting QB for AM gets hurt this year, we won't have that much of a drop off. I, I, I don't think to the second guy, even the third guy, we have a third guy that's viable, you know, if, if things come down to it, you know, um, and this, this freshman class is so talented if those guys aren't starting, you know, they could easily get their shot if uh if if one of the starters goes down and they may if they get that spot, they may never give it up because they're they're so talented. But um that's that's really all I've got on SC Media Days. If you want to go and kick it on over to realignment. Yeah, we can. I'll I'll answer Hayden's question first. Uh he wanted to know the oh, best yeah. leech quote. Uh I I think for sure this this time around the best leech quote was somebody asked him about, you know, what Texas and OU coming into the uh, league will look like. I was hoping and you'd say this. <laughs> he basically said, "He basically said, well, I mean, if you if you were to take like two of the teams that we have that we're currently playing, and you replace them with Texas and OU, it it pretty much just gives us like a half a step ahead. It makes know? our schedule like, easier. <laughs> in other words, it makes the schedule easier. <laughs> so, that was that was pretty oh, funny. That's good stuff." Uh, Unfiltered. (laughs) (laughs) The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. And with football season right around the corner, preseason win totals and Heisman odds are available to bet on right now. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. 
Use promo code TPPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Well, yeah. Uh, so this this isn't really news at this point. You know, it's it's several weeks old, at least three or four weeks old. But um, initial reaction when when you logged on to Twitter.com. Actually, I think uh, me, you, and uh, Hayden were probably in a group text, and we were talking like, "Hey, uh, USC and UCLA are going. Like they're they're leaving the Pac-12. They're going to the Big Ten. Like it got announced." You know, it leaked today and it's already going to be a done deal by tonight, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like, what was your your initial re- like your initial reaction to that? I don't fully understand it. Um, my reaction was was kind of like, like, well, obviously, like, oh, that's a big deal. Um, that's going to really change the landscape of college football. But it was also a bit more of confusion too in it because i mean you think about think about the the players pads and helmets and all the stuff that's that go on the truck that truck they're gonna have to load all of their equipment up on like tuesday to get it there on time for you know of course the players and all them are flying but um the the logistics of it to me is was my first thought was how in the world is that going to work? You know, you, you go from USC all the way to to Ohio State to play a game, you know, and then turn around, and come home. Um, it just seems. I mean, I know that we've we've get gotten away from uh, geographic football and, and it's become more of a national landscape, but, yeah. um, but logistically speaking, I, I, I don't see how you could do that in yeah. season. I get how you can do it recruiting wise and all of that. Oh, yeah. I get the, I get the appeal from USC and UCLA to want to join. I get why they, they were, um, the teams that you would want. I, I understand all of that part of it. Um, but that's a, that's a big, I, I mean, two polar opposite sides of the U S you know, and now they're, you're hearing more and more talk about, you know, the PAC 12 and the big 12, um, you know, kind of teaming up and maybe the PAC 12 and the ACC teaming up same deal. Like you're, you're covering a lot of ground doing that. Um, yeah. Let's, let's pair up the Pacific coast. Conference and the Atlantic Coast Conference. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> that are three time zones apart. You know that that makes that makes perfect sense. So, so really, to me, is is kind of a symbol of of almost desperation. Desperation's maybe a harsh word for it, but um, it just to me, I they're bound to have thought about it behind the scenes. There's bound to be a lot more of it that goes into it that we don't know about, but. Um, it just doesn't seem very thought through. It seems more of like a, a knee jerk reaction, you know, like, Hey, we, we need to tie our horse to this wagon before we get left behind. But, well, but you wouldn't get left behind if you didn't, if you didn't make the change to begin with, you know? So I I don't know. Well, on, on top of the, you know, equipment logistics, um, like what about softball? and and volleyball and you know lacrosse or like, like whatever else like yeah. swimming and diving like right. these kids are gonna have to go you know uh and miss a lot more class to to travel you know further and um i i i i, I know why they did it obviously it's it's money um mm-hmm. like football is the biggest driver in, in in money and you know usc and ucla wanted to uh be a part of that you know, I think in the future, like in the very near future, um, the Big Ten and the SEC are going to make probably more than double what other conferences will, for, uh, as a, like on a per school basis. It'll probably be more than it, it, will, it will be more than double. It'll be uh, it, it, it's going to be insane the the disparity. 
We talk about parity all the time. There's going to be a huge mm-hmm. gap between those two conferences and everybody else. Um, yeah. It may not be as big as, you know, what currently is from Power 5 to G5, but I don't know, man. It's – I. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I I hate it for the sport. Like I, I like it the way it is. I, I like to, you know, I, I wish uh, Texas and OU would have stayed where they were, you know. And mm-hmm. um, honestly, I mean, you know, uh, I talk about about relegation a lot. Um, that was, you know, a really uh, fun model for uh, the conferences we used to have. You know, like. There were five power five, five G five. They were all pretty geographically, you know, connected. Um, and you could have done, you know, Hey, the worst team in the big 12, you have to go to conference USA. Now conference USA champ, you come to the big 12 now. Um, yeah. and that to me is more exciting than, I mean, like, like, listen, I'm still going to watch it's college football. It's my favorite sport. You know, I'm still going to watch, you know, when it's USC versus, minnesota or whoever you know on their big 10 schedule i'm probably going to watch it because it's going to be entertaining but um what i what i hate the most is for teams like uh like washington state and oregon state um it's hard to see a path where they where they don't get completely screwed you know like um but now i don't really know because like oregon and washington applied for the big 10 the big 10 said hey we're, we're good so um i think when it initially came out people kind of jump to the conclusion that, hey, you know, long term, we're going to have two super leagues of like 20 plus teams, you know, the Big Ten and SEC. And, you know, that's going to be that. Um, I don't know what I, I, like that makes sense. I, I don't know what it's going to be like. I think we're still waiting on Notre Dame to decide what they want to do. Um, they seem pretty content to remain independent. Um they they make a lot of money from NBC. Uh, in case people don't know that, in case people are wondering why they're not joining the conference, it's because they have all their home games are on NBC, and they get, you know, it's like the Longhorn Network, but it's not kind of thing. Like it actually makes money. Um, so I don't know if they're going to be enticed to join the Big Ten, you know, and you know, they for whatever reason they seem content to be independent. That's kind of their shtick, you know, is to remain independent. Yeah. So. I don't know. I feel like I ran out there. I, I have I have dogged on. I mean, of course, I can't stand Notre Dame, but um, I've I've dogged on them being independent for as long as I can remember. I, I've always thought it was stupid. They may end up being in in the better position now, um, moving forward by being independent than to be tied to any of these other three conferences, the ACC, Pac-12, and the, the Big 12, uh, just just because it, you're right. It, it's, it's going to – I don't see a time that we go to super conferences, mega conferences, whatever you want to call them. Um, you know, I know that that's kind of the popular idea – I don't see it actually happening. What instead I see happening is we're gonna we're gonna cherry pick all the the biggest teams and and the halves, and we're all gonna just go sequester ourselves over here, and then you know let the let the kids play. Yeah. Uh, and and so I do. I ultimately I I don't think it's all that all that great for the sport. And, and I know it can be argued that A&M and Mizzou started it. And, you know, it can also be argued that Colorado and Nebraska started it and all that. I get that. Arkansas, South Carolina started it back in that. That's not the point. And, and honestly, I'm not even, I'm not even putting down Texas and OU for coming to the SEC. I don't blame them for that. That's still regional. USC and the big 10, that, that seemed like more of a, if the Big 12 is going to do it, or if the, the SEC is going to do it, we're going to do it, you know. And and that's uh, I get it. You got to survive. You got to you got to um look out for your conference and all that. But I think I, I think what I'm I think we have two of perhaps the most monumental changes happening to the sport of college football going on 
at the exact same time. And that's, that's a little bit worrisome, you know, that's a little bit worrisome on, on like the, the future of the sport. Is there going to be, um, is there going to be complications? Cause you got all this realignment. That's, it's a huge change to college football. You also have NIL. That's a huge change to college football. And in both situations, it's kind of like the wild, wild west. There's no, there's no rules. It's, it's just every man for himself. And with both of that going on, which one do you tackle first? Do you fix realignment and then figure out NIL or do you feel, figure out NIL and then work on realignment by then, you know, some of your, your other leagues might be decimated, you know? Yeah. Um, well, and you know, I'm not sure if, uh, if, um, you know, some of our, our more casual listeners understand like, why is everything so chaotic in college football when the NFL has, uh, a lot less, um, you know, a lot less drama, <laughs> like, the, yeah. like you don't see this kind of stuff happening in, uh, uh, in the NFL. Um, it's because the NFL, you know, runs that whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. like they, they, like, yeah, there's an NFC and AFC, but they all belong to the NFL. They make the rules. Um, and there's only 32 teams, uh, in, in college football, you have 10 conferences that are all looking out for their own best interests. And two of those conferences kind of hold all the cards right now. <laughs> and, yeah. um, I just like, there's no gov like, yeah, there's the NCAA, which, which is, you know, toothless. Um, there's no governing body. There's no, there's no person in charge to say, Hey, you can't do this or Hey, it should be this way. Um, it's kind of just like, 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 like it's just running amok right now. And, mm-hmm. um, there's really nothing that you can do to stop that. I think, I think what needs to happen and I don't know, like this would set some other things up to, to be done, but I think football needs to break apart from the NCAA and like basketball, baseball, all that stuff, all that can stay. That's fine. Uh, it's, you know, it doesn't make money anyway. It's it can stay where it is. But for college football, uh, the money making machine that it is, it needs to be governed a little bit differently, um, and maybe a lot of bit differently than the other mm-hmm. sports. And like maybe put that in its own thing. Um, I don't know if you have like a board or something in charge of it, but uh, the way things are, the way things are right now, it's not sustainable. I don't think. I think to. I think it's inevitable at this point that football does break away. I think it'll be better off for it. I think it will too. And here's, here's the silver lining of this, right? Because whenever we talked about um, the Longhorns and OU coming to the SEC, I talked a a good length about um, the Baylors and, and Texas techs, you know, Oklahoma state, what's going to happen with all of those teams. Um, and 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 that's again how I feel about the Pac-12 right now. That's how I feel about all of college football right now. The the Big Twelve, you know, they they went out and grabbed a, a handful of teams to try and you know, make up for their loss. But um, so for us as college football fans, our reaction, of course, is is oh man, what what about these smaller teams? Now it's just going to be the the big teams and that's that's it you know you got the sec and the big 10 that's it and um that kind of kills the fun of it and the joy of college football and all that but but just to be devil's advocate and and again to kind of give a little bit of a silver lining look at look at the history i mean look at the past 10 years let's say of college football what has what has come about with these smaller teams will they become more and more popular. You know, you, you see UCF and a lot of people really put pitching for them to be national champions, you know. Yeah. Um, Houston's, Houston's done a good Cincinnati. Um, you know, these smaller teams, everybody likes an underdog story. Everybody likes these these smaller. But then you look at the bowls and how out of hand they got, and out of hand in terms of it started with a handful of bowls and then now there's more bowl games than there are college football teams it seems like and there are teams um, that can qualify <laughs> well well why is that it's because college football fans are desperate for more and more college football 
Um, so what our fears are is that there's going to be less college football, but the market's going to drive itself. Look, you, you had the, the, was he the number one pick or the number two pick or, um, I'm sorry, not pick, but, um, recruit going to an HBCU, you know, and, oh, and yeah. Deion Sanders going down there and that kind of thing. That's becoming more popular. These, these smaller schools that, Maybe they're not in the SEC. Maybe they're not in the Big Ten. But people are following what's going on over there, you know. Yeah. And so, so I, I think my initial reaction to it is, oh, this isn't good for the sport. But maybe it is, you know. It may may prove me wrong. This might be one of those old man yells at cloud situations where we're accustomed to what we're accustomed to, which is a broken system as it is. We got five conferences vying for four spots and you know they're all public schools it's all politicians running who's in what conference and you know they're they're just looking out for their own alma mater and that kind of thing and and that's a i mean it's kind of when you get really into the nitty-gritty of it it's kind of like okay yeah there wasn't a a championship game until like the 90s that yeah, that's that's weird, you know. In in a in a competition sport, that's that's odd, um, you know. So there's 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 that whole idea that that uh, I think I think inevitably, if you're ESPN, if you're you know NBC, if you're uh, any of these news networks, what Fox. are you going to do with all these these smaller schools? Um, you're going to you're going to go out and try to to get them because if 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 you go from having five power conferences that have games all across the board to now suddenly you have two with 16 teams what happened to all the other games you're yeah. going to have a lot of empty airtime you know so um I, I i know it's all driven by money but I, I expect that this pendulum will kind of swing back the other way after we get a taste of what it looks like. And that's the thing is it's all theoretical right now. I mean, I know it's going to actually happen. I'm not saying it's not going to actually happen, but we're talking about, you know, Texas and OU not moving to the conference for three more years. And, you know, the other teams coming in the big 12 the year before. And, and so, Right now, it's up in the air because it hasn't happened yet. Once it happens, I think I think you see it kind of fix itself too. Yeah. Well, and you know, I think I, I think what I am the most, uh, I guess, upset about, or that I'm the, I'm the most down on with this whole thing is that you know college football started as a regional sport. Like, you know, the mm-hmm. Southwest Conference existed for so long, and it was basically like all the Texas schools playing each other. And, you know, I get, you know, in today's world, that wouldn't make a whole lot of money. But, you know, like take, for example, if if Oregon and Washington do get accepted, you know, by the Big Ten or end up in some other big conference um, and they leave behind their counterparts, their rivals, Washington State and Oregon State, those rivalry games are never going to be competitive ever again. Like it, mm-hmm. it may as well be two different levels of football. Like you're going to have the – Super League level where all the money and talent is and the cast off level with Washington State and Oregon State. And it's going to be unrecognizable. Like like when if they even still play that game, uh, Oregon's going to beat the mess out of Oregon State every year. Like they're going to have way more money and they're going to have way better players. And they, they have better players now, but Oregon State still beats them on a not that, you know, irregular basis. Um, I just hate that like that rivalry game is going to mean a whole lot less in the future. And, and I don't know that, 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 that what's the word for it? It really, it rubs me the wrong way is what it does. Like mm-hmm. losing that regionality and those kind of rivalries. And, you know, we haven't played uh, Oklahoma and Nebraska, you know, they took like a 10 year break and that was, you know, a big rivalry for a long time. So I don't know, like maybe, maybe it's not a big deal, but I don't know stuff like like little things like that kind of kind of you know don't sit well with me you're right but i'm i'm also going to continue to play the devil's advocate with you everybody said this about a&m too when we moved to the sec you know we we broke apart 
what was left of the Southwest Conference. We we left Texas behind and stopped that rivalry game, which was one of the biggest in the in the nation. And and we we broke it all apart to go play with Alabama and and these other teams that we've never traditionally played. Um, of course, it did wonders for our school. But now there's there's a new set of rivalry games amongst a and M, you know, like uh, I, I would, I, I know that South Carolina is supposed to, are, supposed to be our rival, but I, I feel like Mississippi state is more of a rival for us because, you know, they have our number in a lot of ways and, and um, who's we're playing for who, whose maroon is the real maroon, you know, and, and um, there's, so there's some good that will come from it. Um, but again, I, I think, I think that that us uh, or these teams moving around the way that they are, I just don't think that UCLA and, and USC moving to the Big Ten was was too calculated of a move. I think it might have been um, a save our ship kind of thing. Are they going to benefit from it? Yeah. Are other teams going to struggle because of it? Yeah. Look at the Big Twelve since we've left the Big Twelve. You know, and and I'll I'll be. I'll be the first one to say too, we weren't the the big guns in the Big Twelve either. You know, there, if 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 UT would have left instead of A and M, it would have had a bigger impact on the Big Twelve. But it, just us leaving had a had a pretty big impact on on the conference. So, uh, is, is it going to have an impact on the conference? Yes, but I I do think that college football is going to continue to evolve and new rivalries will emerge, which then I think you'll start to see new conferences emerge too. I mean, ask people about the good old days, the big eight, you know, it used to be the the biggest thing in college football, right? Once upon a time, the big 12 was the biggest conference SEC is currently the Big Ten has been in the past, you know. It, it's um, for for a while the pack was too. ACC used to be be crazy good, so I don't think that all the realignment necessarily means that all these other teams are going to go by the wayside. But they got to figure something out, you know. Yeah. And that's the problem. I, I think the problem the problem isn't necessarily that these two teams are moving. I think it's more that all the conferences are scrambling. Yeah. Y'all don't need to be scrambling. You need to be just trying to figure out what's best for the conference and all of that. And, um, and, and again, I think it's, it just is bad timing because NIL is the same way. And so everybody's just scrambling to figure out all these new rules and, and, you know, where there isn't any rules, you know? Yeah. I think, you know, that's a, that's a good point about, about NIL, um, I think that's the that's that's kind of the the equalizer here. You know, like I think about a team like Miami, who, if you look at the recruiting commit list, is doing quite well with NIL right now. Um, they're not in one of these two super leagues. You know, they're not they're not, they're not in the SEC or the Big Ten, and they probably won't be unless like mass realignment happens with with you know twenty four team super conferences. Uh, mm-hmm. And as long as that doesn't happen, as long as there's, as long as they're still in the ACC, they're going to get way less TV money than SEC and Big Ten schools will. But what does that really mean in the grand scheme of things? Like that, that's what that's what it's all about. Like this whole conversation is about TV money. If mm-hmm. if that doesn't matter as much, if they can still, for lack of a better term, if they can still pay their players <laughs> and bring in good players, it doesn't matter if they're not in one of the big leagues. You know if. Like the playoff is going to expand. I don't know. I don't know to what effect. I don't know to what you know. If there's going to be automatic qualifiers, but even if you're not in one of the big leagues, if you still have a, a, a alumni base that that cares and wants to you know give a lot of money, you can still be competitive. You can still get players and and, and feel good football teams. Sure. Yeah. I and and that's what that's what I was trying to say. Uh, Elante made a comment about um, there's nothing quite like a And M. And, and UT playing on Thanksgiving Day, you're right. Like that that rivalry, I hated that it was broken up. 
In fact, a quick little anecdotal story. Uh, whenever that happened, I was a student senator at A&M and my cousin um, was at UT and we, we created two, like she did more of it than, than I actually did, uh, but two like organizations to try and force the two teams to play by passing legislation at, at both schools. We really thought that we could, I remember that we could really do something, you know, but um, but I, so like, I, I don't, that's what I don't want to see is, is rivalries being broken up. Um, of course it's happening, but, um, but is, if it's a smaller scale rivalry, let's say it's, you know, the Longhorns and Baylor, that's a pretty good rivalry, but it, it really is only a rivalry because, you know, it's, it, it's a regional thing. Um, it's not a rivalry quite like, you know, the Longhorns and the Sooners. It's not a rivalry like uh, Ohio State and Michigan, you know. Uh, so those are going to get broken up, and there's going to be some that emerge later on to replace those. But but the Oregon-Oregon State, really really any state schools, right, that, that, that Auburn-Alabama and Florida-Florida State, those rivalries I, I just don't want to see change um but yeah they're changing <laughs> like uh is it a sam cook song the times they are changing the times they are changing or i'm thinking of a, a change gonna come that's what i'm trying you're, to you're thinking of change gonna come that that's yeah. that's the sam <laughs> cook song yeah the times they are changing i think that might be hmm. it was the worst of times it was the worst of times <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of who who's saying the times they are a changing. Is it Simon and Garfunkel, maybe? That's gonna bug me, so I'm gonna Google it. I got it. That's Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan, Dylan, that's who it was. Yeah. Thanks, Google. Um any other big points? I I, I did want to make my uh my my relegation spiel on my soapbox. Yeah, go for it, because I, I I haven't really fully heard your thoughts on it. I mean, you've, you've talked about it at length before, but I don't know that I've really truly heard your organic. Here's my thinking on yeah relegation, you know? So, you know, I've, I, I don't want to take credit cause it's definitely not my idea by any means. It's been, it's been going on in other sports for a long time, but um, it was first brought to my attention by Bill Connolly, who now writes for ESPN. He's been banging this drum for a long time because it's, it's what they do in, uh, in English soccer, um, which I know Americans, especially college football fans, probably don't give a crap about soccer, and uh, that's that's fair. But the the uh, Premier League is the most watched sports league in the country, and it wasn't always that way. It wasn't until they kind of tweaked some things that it it got to the level that it is. Um, but basically, in in the, in the Premier League, there's it's a twenty team league, and it's all of the you know it started off as all the top. Uh, English clubs on the top uh, soccer clubs. Um, but if you like, they take the bottom three teams, I'm simplifying this for, 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 for the sake of brevity, but basically the bottom three teams will get relegated to this, this other league called the champions league, um, which is, you know, of a, you know, a, a tier lower than the, than the premier league, the top three from the champions league will move up and, you know, it goes back and forth and, you know, teams will, you know, go down and go and come back up. And, you know, if you do get relegated to the lesser league, you still get some of your money from the Premier League's TV deals. So you are just kind of, you know, on your own and making a lot less money immediately. You still get a little bit of like a parachute fund. Um, But what I thought was interesting was in 25 years that they've been doing that, uh, the six like most successful teams, you know, like biggest name teams, have never been relegated <laughs> like uh, Manchester United, uh, Everton, Chelsea, um, Liverpool, like those teams that everyone kind of knows, even if you don't know soccer, um, they've always been in the Premier League. They've never gotten relegated. So uh, I was making the point to Chase last night. I was like, this would benefit you know, or not. You know, there wouldn't be a reason for the bigger schools to be against this because, you know, Alabama will probably never get relegated. You know, Ohio State and, you know, 
I would say Michigan, but they, they actually might. <laughs> but, you know, Ohio State, uh, Georgia, you know, like teams like that are like Oklahoma in the Big 12, like they're never getting last place in the conference and getting, you know, booted down to the, to the next level. Um, but to tie it into college football, uh, you know, like they've tried to make these two leagues with these premier brands. Um, but you still have teams like Rutgers and Illinois and Vanderbilt. In South Carolina, sorry, South Carolina, but you know it's what it is. Um, so if you know if uh, if the leaders of these of these conferences want the best teams, you could do something like that. You know, like hey, if if you're last place in the SEC this year, you have to go play you know a bowl game against the winner of the American, and if you lose, they take your spot. You have to go to the American next year. Um, we'll still give you some of your money, not all of it, but you'll get a little bit so you don't, you don't fall flat on your face. And if you're good enough and you go win that league, you can come back. You know, it's that, that's kind of the, the short version of it. But, um, what I like the most is that it rewards teams that care. Like it's pretty obvious that Kansas does not care about football, you know, like, uh, they're a basketball school and with, with, with relegation, they would have been kicked out a long time ago. And, uh, somebody like, SMU would be in the Big 12 by now because they actually invest in their program. So I think that, that, that that's my biggest point is the fan bases that care, the schools that care and, and, you know, want to be good at football and have the level of commitment. If you saw on Twitter last week, Texas Tech just announced like $200 million in uh, renovations to their stadium. Like they care. That's obvious. But, you know, I don't want those schools to be left out. There needs to be a way for them to, you know, if we go to the super league model, there needs to be a way to uh, bring other teams in that, that, that care and can get to that level, you know? Yeah. I mean, I get the concept. I just, I don't know that I I could get behind it personally. There's just so much that would go into that. um, Just from, let's say like, like th- this would, I'm assuming, mean that that football has separated itself from all the other sports. Right. Um, yeah. It, it would be football only. But then you know that that gets convoluted in terms of, you know, in my opinion, that would hurt recruiting for other sports. You know, if if the you don't have that football tie in there, um, and. and but my problem when, when it comes to football and relegation is, you know, how many how many games do they play in the Premier League? I think it's like 38, 40, something like that. Oh, yeah. The, um, the, the season's like eight months long. Right. It, it They play a bunch of games, and they'll play smaller tier games. So they might not be relegated, but the, they might play their, you know, um, rookies or something in a, in a game, you know, that's, that's with the – champions another champions league team you know and i think they also uh i think they also loan players they do yeah yeah yeah, they do and and so um it's when you're dealing with 12 12 games in a season i mean like how do you determine who was who was last in the sec this year i'm sure vanderbilt was but um who's last in the sec west was it arkansas I think it was Auburn. Was it Auburn? Yeah. But are, are either of those teams so bad that they should be so, in a different league? I wouldn't think yeah. so. You know. So I, I did this exercise going back to like 2017. I think I, I don't have my my spreadsheet pulled up, but um, what's funny was uh, like in the Big 12, for example, um, like obviously Kansas was immediately relegated. <laughs> like they're 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 the worst team every year. <laughs> but um, after that, like none of the other current teams ever got relegated. It was always like, I think they were matched up with conference USA. So like one year, like, so the first year Kansas goes down and uh, Florida Atlantic comes up Well, the next year. They, they're bad. So Florida Atlantic gets booted and then UAB comes up and like, they just kind of recycle teams. But then in the, in the PAC 12, like uh, <laughs> there's a, you know, a current PAC 12 member that got relegated every year. <laughs> like it was like, uh, Oregon State and then Colorado and then Stanford, <laughs> like they all got booted and like you bring in uh, Boise State, San Diego State and Air Force, I think. But um, I actually had trouble with the most recent SEC because um, obviously Vanderbilt was long gone and I had brought in like App State, um, 
Yeah, sorry, I just saw Lante's comment. Um, and in the model that that Bill Connolly proposed, they would actually play that team. Like, say if Vanderbilt mm-hmm. or, or say if Auburn was, you know, the one to get kicked out, they would have to play, you know, uh, UCF or Houston or whoever was coming up from the other league. If they lost the game, then they get relegated. If they win, then they get to keep their spot. Yeah, I, I get that, but there's that's a lot riding on that one game, you know. And and um, I, I guess the point that I was trying to make was, if you were going to do relegation for football, I don't think you could base it off of one season. I don't think you could do it every season. I right. think you would have to do it every, you know, four years. Then then there's a, a um, sorry, something just fell on me. I don't know what it was, yeah. but um, you would, you'd have to, uh, you'd have to, um, I would think you would have to do multiple seasons to get enough data points. Cause I mean, what, what about a team that's, that's on the verge, but they're rebuilding the, the other thing comes in to recruiting, especially now that NIL is involved you know, you, you recruit a kid to come in to play for your school, and and then now you get relegated with free agency in college football, where they can just transfer wherever they want to. Right. Everybody's going to transfer. They're, they're all yeah. just going to leave your school, and and so, um, I get the concept, and if it could, if you could put it in a way that. I just don't see it ever happening, quite frankly. I just it's, don't think that they could ever make that happen because there's too many people at stake. There's too much money at stake. And and quite frankly, if you did it, it just becomes an amateur sports team. It, it's going to really have nothing to do with the college at all at that point. Well, I, I, I think we may end up there anyway. But I was yeah. going to make the joke that this is really just my uh, conspiracy to get to get App State into the SEC. <laughs> <laughs> or t- Tulane, bring them back. Yeah, Tulane. Or uh, what's that one college that, uh, like the College of the South or whatever? Uh, Our Lady of the Lakes University? No, it's not that. <laughs> it was, uh, I think it's uh, uh, Suwannee. Uh, I think it's the University of Suwannee. It's, it's in Georgia. They were like founding SEC member, but then um, they uh, – didn't care about football, and they. <laughs> sorry, this is this is way off topic, but I heard I heard this the other day, so I've got to bring it up. Uh, whenever Suwanee wanted to leave the SEC, it was because in like ten years they had won like two SEC games, and uh, of their losses, like a large number of their losses were shut out. So like they were just getting blasted every single year by the SEC, and they were like, you know what, we're done with this football thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but I mean, uh, my my last little uh, uh, spiel on on relegation is it, it would probably level out after the first couple of years. Like you would get rid of Kansas and Rutgers and Vanderbilt, and then it, it would probably stay the same for, for for the most part. You know, like uh, you wouldn't see like Florida get relegated or or Penn State or something like that. Um, at least I, you, you probably wouldn't. But uh, Illinois, Rutgers. Yeah, sorry, you're my my punching bags today, but. Um, I don't know, they're they're always bad, you know. And mm-hmm. but on the on the other hand, what I've heard people talk about with the with the new Big Ten and in, in the SEC is uh you need teams that'll take L's, you know, like you don't want uh you know, Penn State doesn't want to go six and six every year having to having to play Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State. They want to play Illinois, <laughs> they want to play Rutgers and Maryland. Um everybody wants to play Vanderbilt, you know, like they, they want the automatic dub. Um mm-hmm. so I don't know. It's interesting times. Um, but, you know, it, I think everything that we just said today could change tomorrow. You know, if, if they announce something Good. else, like you, you, ne- you never really know with, with this sport. But I don't know. That's that's all I've got to say about it as it stands today. Yeah, I, I just. There's a lot that needs to be done there. Like I said, two of the biggest changes in college football are coming at one time. Yeah. And and we need to figure it out because they're both based around money. And if it's not if it's not drawn in a little bit, then it it might just completely dissolve the sport for a bit. Um, and not not to the degree like I don't think it's going away completely. It's just 
it's going to change drastically and um maybe it's for the good but um honestly i don't know how to fix it <laughs> I, yeah. I really i really don't i mean relegation I, I i get the concept i get the idea i don't particularly like it um but but i i also like could see okay well yeah maybe you could do it this way or that way what it, it, it also it made a lot more sense before this most recent realignment like back when, oh sure sure like back when usc and ucla were still out west and oklahoma and texas were still in the big 12 um it made a lot more sense then but now like things are are scattering so much and like you know like like the dust still hasn't settled on realignment um, mm-hmm. um I, I saw today i was going to bring this up that the the division one council recommended getting rid of the, the one-time transfer rule and letting people transfer as many times as you want to, which, uh, you know, I, I like the one time I like, Hey, like came to a bad situation or my coach left, I'm going to get out of here and go somewhere else. Or maybe I'm getting a better deal somewhere else, you know, something like that. But are we just going to have free agency every single year? Every player can go wherever they want to like, even in the NFL, you have contracts. Like you can't just be like, "Oh, I want to be in Cincinnati this year and Dallas next year, and then Tampa the next." Like you, you can't do that. And yeah, um, I mean, it's not good for the. Again, every single thing that comes about like this, it just brings us one step closer to an amateur league or, or a a semi pro league. I guess I should say it's supposed to be amateur right now, but yeah. you know we're paying them now. Um, are paying them legally now. Um, <laughs> we're, you know, all the, I'm not saying they're bad things, but it, it's just, um, it, it, the more that it gets put in there, the more that's like that, because at the end of the day, it is supposed to be a student athlete, right? It's supposed to, you're supposed to be student and an athlete. It, yeah these sports came about because it was people going to the school that cared about the school that were good at sports. So they were representing their school. It's, it's just constantly getting further and further away from that to where if you get to where you're transferring to a different college every semester, you clearly aren't worried about the kids academics. You clearly aren't trying to do what's best for the the kid and their, you know, their pathway as a student, you're just worried about the sport itself. And, and um, I mean, that's always, that's always been the tug of war relationship between school and sports. Right. But yeah, um, it, I think, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't want, I don't want the, I don't think I would enjoy college football if if the school got too distanced to where it's really just kind of a pro team that kind of represents your school, but it's not really in the students there and you know that kind of stuff. Well, and and luckily, you know, like everything in this in this world comes down to money, especially in this sport comes down to money. Um, but it only makes money if people watch it. You know, if mm-hmm. if it you know if it goes the way you're saying and if we feel the way that we're saying and we stop watching uh then you know they're gonna be like oh crap we screwed up like put everything back the way it was <laughs> and, and stop doing this because well, then you know like, like what if you if you try to you know if you turn this into the next xfl and everybody's like yeah we, we don't really want that we, we liked it the way it was that's yeah. that's exactly what i was i was gonna say is how many amateur leagues do you have to see fail before you figure out that hey we do probably didn't work working we're very successful with what we have here and we should keep it intact and not try to emulate the xfl or, or some of those i mean every time one of those comes about they 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 might make it a year maybe two you know? yeah um so i don't know it's 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 unfair to college football fans that uh they get punished for liking their sport so much <laughs> like like college football makes money because it's popular because people like it but it's ruined because it makes too much money <laughs> you know? right. like, yeah. it's a it's it's a, a weird a weird conundrum to be in but yeah um 
and like you said, like we don't have the answers. We're, we're here to just talk about it and uh, just kind of make our way through it as fans. But um, for the time being, you know, I'm going to keep watching. A&M's going to win the title before you know it. So that's that, that's my my focus right now. Hopefully we we win the title with like, you know, the the old way of doing it, you know, before yeah. all the teams move their conferences. They, they just well, everybody's still where they're at. I'm talking about this year, you know, in yeah. particular. Yeah. Like <laughs> like before there's a expanded playoff. Like, oh yeah, we made the four team and we won it. So Yeah. Yeah. Take that. Um <laughs> Um, well um if you're watching me on video you can tell the sun is starting to set because uh my screen is getting brighter and brighter <laughs> on my on my glasses so uh, i think we're gonna call it a call it a call it a show and i'm gonna go eat yeah. some, uh, some meatballs all right well i'm gonna go eat pork chops i think our, our meatballs are pork they're uh mr Probably pork so. and beef so shout out to all the all the pig farmers um <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right. Well, actually, uh, I did want to uh, point out that we're going to be back on Saturday. Saturday Sat- morning. Saturday morning. Yeah. What we well, talk about? Hmm. I don't know. We we'll just do quarterbacks. We might yeah. as well do that. Let's do quarterbacks. Okay. So uh, Saturday morning, if you want to wake up at not that early, maybe like eight or nine. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're probably going to be right back here uh, talking about the AM quarterback situation. Yeah. And we may, we may end up getting all excited and doing more than one position. We'll see. Yep. Uh, hey, Alante, thanks for joining us, my friend. Uh, Appreciate Alante. Uh, I hope to see you in person before too long. It's, it's been a little bit, but I always enjoy your comments and, and you joining the show. It, makes it a lot more fun. I'm glad, I'm glad that we've moved to this this format because although I really enjoyed recording these podcasts with you Will and it was just <laughs> the two of us, it is nice to see, you know, our, our friends engaging and and being there alongside us. So, um, yeah. It's it's been fun. The only downside is it's a lot more pressure uh, to like look presentable. <laughs> I can't be in here with like disheveled hair and a hoodie on. Like I have to look, uh, I have to look decent <laughs> yeah. on camera. <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't wear that Aggies hoodie that you wore almost every episode last season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's probably gonna come back soon when it gets a little oh, bit yeah. cooler outside. Oh, for but, sure. No, no, that one that one looks nice enough, anyways. But, uh, <laughs> but appreciate y'all as always, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Take it easy.